Good day, everyone. You're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 184, Wake Up and Smell the Roast. I'm your host, Alex, and today I have the honor to have Paige as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show, Alex. Well, the pleasure is all mine. Paige is one of the only people that I've had on my podcast that knows exactly where I work, and she can see <laughs> me working. <laughs> There, put some perspective on how Paige and I are friends at this point. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's not about where we work or what we do for a living. It's all about our hobbies. And today we're going to be talking about Paige's hobby, which is coffee roasting. But before we do that, I'm going to ask a very cliche question that Paige either is going to love or hate and maybe not let me go see her anymore at uh, where she works. Who is Paige? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, it's funny, my husband and I just got back from the Bytown. We watched a, a film on uh, Kurt Vonnegut, who was like my intro to reading back in the day. And it it really made me self-conscious to come and talk about myself because he was such a great human being. Um, but it gave me a little bit of, I guess, food for thought in relation to a question that you might ask like this. I don't know, Paige is just beginning. Like I've I've been a jack of all trades and a few different jobs over the years. And I've lived in a lot of different places. And I feel like I'm a, I'm a different version of myself everywhere, even now. So I guess who I am right now is just someone who's really interested in exploring uh, my position at the place that I work, which is um, Ideal Coffee. That's okay to say. And just getting to know the community. Um, yeah, I never really pictured myself as someone quite involved in a community like this. So I've just nestled right in. And so I guess that's who I am right now. Just someone trying to get involved in the community and getting to know people and um, spending my time at home cooking and living really simply. Yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell at this moment in time. It's a pretty, a pretty awesome nutshell. And I have to say for myself that Paige is a very welcoming person as well. Always smiling, always, well, at least towards me, I haven't pissed her off yet. So that's, that's a true. good thing. <laughs> the key word is yet, but yeah, no, you've always made it a welcome area. And we've talked about this for years for her to come on the show and she was waiting for the right time and the right time is now. So I am very thankful and I will no longer ask deeper questions about who you are, but I'm going to ask deeper questions about what you do as a hobby, not everything else. <laughs> Oh, but before, such a relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for another podcast. But yes, before we jump into the topic of the hobby, I always do this shout out for social media links, websites, projects, or anything at all that you would love to share. So do you have any of those that you would love to share with the listeners? Yeah, so I guess we'll definitely highlight Ideal Coffee Ottawa, not to be confused with the Ideal Coffees in Toronto, although that's where the magic started. So our website is the three W's dot ideal coffees with an S.com. And we can be found on Instagram at ideal coffee, Ottawa. Perfect. I'll put that down below and their coffee is amazing. And their food is also very amazing. Delicious finger looking good. Probably shouldn't link your fingers during the pandemic, but finger looking good anyways. So I'll put all that down below so everybody can go check that out. And now since you said the word coffee, we're just going to jump into the topic of coffee roasting. So how did you get introduced to coffee roasting? Great question. I kind of came about it organically working in a coffee shop. I started out as a baker at Ideal Coffee uh, many years ago when I left uh, the teaching, you know, teaching career to try something different. Just shortly before the pandemic that someone in my life thought it would be a really good idea to learn how to roast the coffee as there was 
an opportunity for growth. So I jumped on it and yeah, it's kind of all history from there. My husband actually was roasting for Ideal Coffee for us for a couple of years. And he started then working for another coffee company and he was able to train me fully how to roast coffee. And here I am. So do you still remember the first coffee you've roasted at your house? Like the, like the experimental one, like, you know, what? I can do this. No roasting at home, but definitely a lot of coffee brewing. And since my husband, Josh and I are both in coffee now, and we're both roasting him much more than me, we've become almost unbearably anal about how we brew our coffee at home, <laughs> where it has to be measured uh, with the correct ratio in order for it to taste just the right way just how we know it should taste. Um, so when I can remember when we first started doing that and it was fascinating and frustrating, but now I think we have it down to a science, which coffee roasting is. Yeah, So, but there's no going back now. There's no just measuring by eye. Okay, so do you ever plan to start roasting at home, buying some equipment and tools to do some homebrew roasting in a sense? I don't think so. I think that both of our lives are so, uh, you know, ingrained in, in coffee and, and roasting and, and working in, you know, cafe setting that bringing home more than just the tales of work every day might be a little too much overflow. And I'm also not interested in having any sort of chimney fire or roasting related fire in my house, which is not really a when, but more, or sorry, not really an if, but more so just a when. You can correct me if I'm wrong. So more of your hobby would be the brewing aspect, right? Um, I would say just learning about coffee at the moment, because I'm only roasting once or twice a week, that has provided sort of a window into the different kinds of coffee and different ways of extracting it. And understanding that if you roast a coffee darker, you're not only removing some of the, the flavor notes you get from the medium roast of the same bean, but rather you're also removing a little bit of its caffeine. So I suppose my hobby is just understanding the entire bean itself at the moment. So it's more of a learning than a doing. I got it. You are a sense. coffee enthusiast. For sure. And I'm, I'm just at the beginning of my journey too. Like I, you know, I, I, I have so much to learn about it, but I've got a lot in my brain right now that's kind of rattling around. All right. So perfect. You know what? This is a brand new episode. It's not about co coffee roasting. It's about being a coffee enthusiast. F finishing? No. Starting point. But she's pretty knowledgeable. So middle starting point, which is perfect. So you were talking about you're still learning. Did you ever learn the history of coffee, for example? No, I haven't really dove into the history of, of coffee roasting, but um, an inspiration for this newfound passion. A hobby is a hard thing for me to identify with. I, I've never really had too many hobbies growing up. I've more so just had perhaps a few interests that have for sort of continued on. And, and this one seems to have stuck. So the inspiration for interest or passion of mine started years ago when I first met my husband and he started talking about his uncle who owns a coffee roastery out in Nelson, BC. And we just started drinking new coffees together and talking about coffee and, you know, brewing coffee at home. And we got our first Chemex and which is a, do you know what a Chemex is, Alex? Yes, I am super knowledgeable as an individual who <laughs> does not drink coffee. I know everything about coffee. Uh, let, let's, let's pretend, let's pretend I don't. <laughs> I had no knowledge about coffee until like 10 years ago. And when I was, you know, starting this job, but 
Yeah. So we got our first Chemex, which is a brewing device that is sort of like an hourglass shaped pot that is got a, a wooden center and it, the rest of it is glass. And you put a filter right into the, the top portion of the Chemex and you put your grounds in and you pour your, co- your hot water over top of the coffee grounds. And then you allow it to bloom for a couple of couple of seconds. And then you continue on with your water. So learning how to do all of that and getting the coffee shipped into us from his uncle's roastery in BC was sort of the the formative years of of understanding and really learning to love and appreciate how to make coffee at home. So that's sort of where the inspiration started. But as for the history of coffee, Alex, I mean, I have my homework cut out for me. <laughs> I'll have you back on for another episode. So you mentioned this hourglass tool you use, and I'm sure yes. on the market today, there are hundreds of different ways to make coffee. So for you, is the hourglass tool your preferred one? Or do you have another one that's like, you know what, this makes the coffee the way I love it? I mean, as you know, at the cafe, we have a beautiful, I think, Simonelli, yeah, it's a Simonelli espresso machine. And my drink of choice is always a double shot of espresso pulled short, Uh, nothing added to it, just a really nice crema on top. And I usually allow it to cool for a few seconds. Then I take it down in one sort of ounce and a half shot. That is one of my favorite ways to enjoy coffee. Um, And it's also very uh, representative of how I I consume things. It's never (laughs) just a sip. It's more of a one shot. But at home, things are a little slower. When I brew coffee, it's usually just on the weekends. And I do prefer the pour over method. That's how I learned how to brew coffee at home. So I don't think I've ever owned a coffee maker. I don't think I've ever owned a device that you plug in other than a grinder to make the coffee at home. So yeah, the Chemex and then just a simple drip cup pour over device that you perhaps place on your favorite coffee mug to make a single cup of coffee. I quite like doing that too. I don't know why when you said you didn't own any electronic thing for coffee making and then you were about to say, I don't own any electronic thing for grinding either. I just punch the beans until they become a, a powder. <laughs> just just like that. It's so funny that you say that, Alex, because another uh, induction I had into coffee um, was at a family member's cottage out in Quebec. And this person had been grinding coffee in, with a hand grinder for years because there was no access to electricity. So it was a really neat physical way to see how people would grind their beans by hand, pretty much with this square device that you can only place a certain amount of beans in, and then you rotate it, rotate it clockwise until all the beans have been pretty much emacerated in this old wooden device. Yeah. My method of punching it would not be efficient, right? (laughs) Definitely not. Now, this might be a really tough question because you're a coffee enthusiast. Has there been one coffee that surprised you? Like you came in with like low expectations and then when you tasted it, you're like, wow. And on the flip side, has there been one that you went in with high expectations, but it it just ended up disappointing you? When I first started learning about coffee, I would only drink dark roast coffee because it was the main sort of coffee that I had access to. And it would be coffee from all over the world. So, you know, South America, um, Sumatra, Ethiopia, but it would all be roasted very dark. So I thought that that's what I loved and and that was it. And when I started really branching out a bit and trying different coffees and trying different coffees from roasteries in Ottawa, I learned that I really like a medium roast, which really threw me for a loop. But what I learned is that there are so many more little nuances in medium roast coffee and different flavor notations that I often just associated with completely bitter or um, 
maybe sour, but really there were these fruity notes and these nutty notes and these just really surprising notes that you would get from this medium roast. And I had thought it was subpar for so long, but it had just shown me that my palate was only at the beginning of experiencing different kinds of coffee, less of a specific kind of coffee and more of a a style in which it was roasted that was surprising. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned notes. Would you say now that you have such a refined palate that you can identify everything that is within that coffee? Or has there been one thing from one coffee you've tasted and to this day, you still don't know what it is? That's a really great question. Um, Flavor notes in the or tasting notes in the coffee world are really subjective. And sometimes they're they can be really misleading. So no, I definitely cannot point out a lot of notes in coffee. In fact, I probably get it wrong most of the time (laughs) when compared to what real coffee connoisseurs might have to say. Like for example, we roast a Brazilian espresso at the, the shop and a lot of people pull peanut butter from a tasting note or as a tasting note from this. And there's no way in the world I would have ever pointed that out. I'm like, yeah, I I get some like, some like chocolate banana. And they're like, no, that's just, that's, you're so off base. (laughs) So no, like I don't get it right all the time, but that's the fun part about it is that when you drink coffee at a certain temperature, if it's really hot, you actually miss a lot of the key flavor notes. And that's when I was starting to to list them. And I should have waited when the coffee cools down a little bit, you actually have access to so many more key flavors and um, aromatics. So that's another learning curve that I'm, I'm on right now is letting my coffee cool the heck down. Okay. I, this is a really stupid question. Like really stupid. No, no, there are no stupid questions. (laughs) Just stupid people, Alex, just you. Um, so the (laughs) question I have, you're talking about cooling down, If you turned it into a popsicle, would you taste all the notes clearly? (laughs) I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, Ideal Coffee used to, back in the day when I started, they used to make ice cubes out of leftover drip coffee. And we would often put those ice cubes into coffee drinks that were iced in the cafe so that you didn't lose any of the flavor by just adding water ice cubes. So I never actually put one of those ice cubes like to taste themselves. But I would say if you freeze anything, you're going to lose some of the flavor and some of those original intended notes. But I'd still think a, a you know, a coffee pop school would be pretty incredible. <laughs> Especially on a hot day. Yeah, that's a great idea. Alex, patent pending. You should lock that yes. idea. Just put my name at the bottom. Very, very tight. Right. Uh, no, you had me hook on the peanut butter thing. What is the most interesting note you have tasted or subjectively thought that you tasted? Uh, we, yeah, I would probably say the Red Sea. It's a an Ethiopian blend, so it's fifty percent Yergashef and then fifty percent Guji. And when you smell the coffee as a green bean beforehand, you get you're exposed to all these really cool bright, fruity notes. And then when you taste it after, sometimes the aromatics are lost, but not in this case. So I would say I really got like a cherry Coke flavor from this Ethiopian dark roast. And that was the coolest one so far. But again, I could be the only person in the world that got that, you know, impression from this coffee. 
but it was still memorable. But that's awesome when you eat something and you or drink something in this case and you taste something at first and then there's this aftertaste that just something completely different, which is positive. Sometimes it can be bad and it's a unique taste that only you can taste and maybe nobody else in the world will ever taste, but that's your own little special experience. And you can just, yeah, you just live with that. And now when you, so this question is, that's a weird way of saying that. What is something you wish you knew when you first started being a coffee enthusiast that you wish you knew now or vice versa? Something you know now that you wish you knew when you first started. There you go. Proper. Uh, I think it would, I think I would draw back to my first days of roasting coffee. Roasting coffee is kind of like following a recipe. So I wish I would have known that it was more of a repetitive task and something that really demanded just true commitment to accuracy and consistency. And the reason I would have liked to have known that is because I had this romanticized idea of what coffee roasting actually is. And I thought it would be different every time and it would be, you know, I don't know, I I guess I thought it would be a bit more nuanced, but the beauty in it is that it's incredibly repetitive. And so I guess I can do it with my eyes closed now, but that's the good part. So I guess I would have known that I needed to set myself up for something pretty repetitive. And with someone with a very short attention span, that was hard to wrap my head around at first, but now it's become quite a a practice. Now, I don't know if this is a thing for coffee, but do you, let's say, sometimes feel the creativity kick in you saying, oh, I like this coffee and I like this one. What if I had like 40% this and 50% that into one to see how they would mix well together? Would it be good? A lot of coffee is after they're roasted or turned into blends. A true way to do a blend is to roast the individual bead of origin separately from another bean that you'd like to blend together, whether it be, for example, uh, a wonderful Colombian bean that you roast dark, like our princess of darkness. And then, um, you know, a Costa Rican bean that we roast medium. We mix those two together. It's just the beginning of an experiment. You would have to sort of break it down into how much of one would you mix with the other to achieve a particular taste or to get something that's completely different from the original bean itself. Um, But all blends can be really funky. And something that my mother-in-law loves to do is she likes to blend different coffees from different roasters and just completely free ball it and experiment and just have a good time with it. And I think that that's, I think people should do that more often. I got to ask, does your mother-in-law name her creations? No, great question. She does not, but the (laughs) coffee that she drinks is already got really funky names, so it would be easy to do. <laughs> Just combine both names together to create a magnificent, majestic name. <laughs> for sure. And for you, what would you say is the best part about loving coffee, being a coffee enthusiast? Uh, I think I would say that it has given me an appreciation from where the bean itself comes from. Um, we sort of have really commodified coffee as a society over the years. And I think we expect it to be a diner style offering of a bottomless cup to come with your breakfast. But the truth is, is when you really start to understand the origin of the green bean itself and all of the steps it took to actually make its way into your cup and onto your palate, it's baffling. And it's, it's amazing that we can actually 
drink this every single day, considering the work it goes into in order to harvest a green bean and then to ship it and before that to package it. And after that, to roast it and develop a profile and get it into an approved bag and then get it into your cup. So yeah, I've, I've developed an appreciation for its, uh, its point of origin. And speaking about the point of origin, is there anywhere in the world that you would like to just go and have like a fresh cup of coffee from where it was like harvested? I would love to go to Ethiopia. I would love to go into the mountains, visit, visit Guji and have a cup of coffee prepared in a traditional way right there. It would be pretty incredible. You know what? Maybe it'll happen after the pandemic. I can't make any guarantees. I'm not a genie. I can't make any wishes come true, but it might happen, right? But things might Never work know. out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started being a coffee enthusiast? I think it was just building the confidence to um, get from you know, A to B in terms of, okay, I can start to roast now. And and now I can start to learn a little bit more about where the bean comes from. And okay, now I can learn a little bit about how to fix or troubleshoot a problem on this roaster, which is bigger than me and hotter than me and, you know, mightier than me. Um, so yeah, I think it was just developing confidence. So getting into coffee has helped me to expedite that a little bit. And it's, it's felt pretty good. And this is a random question that just popped up in my head and it might not be phrased correctly, but what's your take on sometimes people prefer the old traditional way to produce, let's say coffee, make coffee, and some people prefer the newer way with the brand new spanking machines that can tell you the age of the bean when you put it in and the, like the lifespan of it and stuff like that. But what is your, perf- like, what's your take on that whole, oh, it's got to be done with the manual grinder to have that more authentic taste? Oh, I don't know. I think you you got to make do with what you've got. And just because you spend more money on something doesn't mean you're going to get a better cup of coffee. So I think if you've got the right intentions and you buy good coffee and you talk to some people who might be able to help you learn how to use what you have, I think you'll do just fine. Perfect. Whenever I start drinking coffee, it might be a while. My son's taking the energy out of me. So maybe coffee will be the next thing for me. I will definitely come to you for your advice. I can help you, Alex, but there are people smarter than me, so I might have to dip into their wealth of knowledge. You know, I, you, I, you're like right near where I work, so I know you, you're, you know your coffee stuff, so you're my go-to person. Yeah, makes sense. And you know what? I'm glad we actually, we decided, you know, or I decided to talk about this because this is how we met. Mm-hmm. And so hadn't I worked in coffee, would never be on this podcast. People listening to this right now, I'll be like, you know what? Thanks to Paige, I'm going to start just learning more about coffee. Why not? Yeah. And so for you, this might be a tough question, but what is the most stressful part about roasting coffee or just being a coffee enthusiast? Just wanting to be able to answer as many questions as accurately as possible about coffee is, is a bit overwhelming because I have, like a, I have so much to learn and I, I consider myself to be a bit of a newbie. So yeah, I, and I suppose just having the confidence to say, I don't know would help in that stress. But yeah, that would probably be the most stressful because when I'm roasting, people have a lot of questions that come into the space that I'm roasting in. And I often don't really know the answer to their question. So I feel vulnerable in that moment. So that can be a bit stressful. But uh, I mean, there's always more learning to be done. You know what? I feel like I'm, I'm asking all those questions. I am that typical scenario you just played out. I am sorry, but right now you are nailing it. I fully trust everything you're saying. And uh, yes. <laughs> Hopefully everyone will just fact check it and come up with their own opinion. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so this might be the hardest question. If you want to answer it, you may answer it. If you want to say, Alex, don't, don't, don't even ask this question. Why would you? What are some misconceptions about people who are coffee enthusiasts or for your case, something that you've encountered that people said, oh, you love coffee? You're good at making coffee? Well, you must be doing this or you must be this. Um, I think the misconception is that people who are working in a cafe or people who are roasting coffee have all the answers. We definitely don't. And all of us are at different stages of understanding. So. I guess that's just meant to say that there are no stupid questions when it comes to coffee processes or, you know, how to drink or brew coffee, because we all had those questions. And I still have those questions now that I need people to answer. So I suppose the message would be just ask the question. Don't be afraid. And we aren't going to (laughs) bite. Yeah. And also for the people asking the questions to also be mindful, to be polite and kind and not just upfront and rude. Yeah. Nope. There shouldn't be any pretension in it. It's just, it's all learning, right? And I don't know. I can be a little grumpy sometimes. So if you catch me on a grumpy day and ask me a question that I think you should know the answer to, I'm not judging you. I'm just projecting. <laughs> <laughs> I could take it. I could take projection. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Right. What has coffee enthusiasm taught you in life? I'll just go back to what I said about its repetitiveness. It's just taught me that a process like coffee roasting can be very simple and repetitive and yet consistent and um, methodical. So it's it's taught me that life can, especially in your job, can be on repeat. But as long as you like what you're doing and you find purpose in it, it's okay for it to be extremely familiar day after day. So it's taught me to be a little bit more patient and not as you know eager to seek change. Hey, yeah, you do you. Absolutely. And do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Do it. Go for it. It helps to have someone that you might consider to be a bit of a mentor. And it also just takes a little bit of confidence if you don't have a, an existing mentor in your life, just to reach out and and maybe visit your local roastery or visit your local cafe and just get your foot in the door. And I started out as a baker and I'm roasting coffee. So it, it can start somewhere that you least expect it. But I say, go for it. Do you like coffee cake? <laughs> I really, I really do like coffee cake and there is no element of coffee in it whatsoever. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, a mystery. No, it's not the word. It it's is a mystery, mystery, but it's yeah. so delicious. Yes, I love it. All right. So I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love people to come check out? Yeah. So we just uh, updated our website. Uh, so you can find us at www.idealcoffees with an S.com. And if you are interested in checking out some of our food fair and, you know, Instagrammable shots, you can find us there at Ideal Coffee Ottawa. Otherwise, come by the shop. Perfect. You, you Of course, they have to go to the shop. They have to meet the famous page. Oh, God, don't say that. <laughs> but once again, be polite when you go. Don't go like, hey, I heard you on that podcast with that dude. You'd be like, ah. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Anonymity is key. <laughs> yes, exactly. And now for the last question. Do you have any questions for me about coffee enthusiasm? I have one question for you, Alex, <laughs> after this long chat about coffee between someone who doesn't drink coffee and someone who drinks and an enormous amount of coffee. Have you been motivated to have a cup? <laughs> you know what? You know me pretty well. My eating habits, like 
I say like, it's like you're my nutritionist. You know my what I eat. You know the next time tomorrow, but when this episode comes out, it's going to be a few months later. But tomorrow I will stop by if you are working and I will ask for a cup of coffee. I'll ask for your recommendation. If anything happens, if I'm bouncing off the wall, I'm blaming you. I already have way too much energy, but I will put my full trust in you, Paige. We'll start you off small, Alex. We'll give you a baby cup. And it's so much like, I mean, you love our soup, so it's going to be hot and in some kind of bowl-like offering. So it's a good start to something a little bit familiar. I love how there was a pause. You're like, oh God, do we really want to give this guy coffee now? Oh no, this is chaos. We'll start you very small. With no, thimble. not at all. You can even just try a little bit of it. You don't yeah. have to drink the whole thing. You're going to give me a thimble, just a very small. It's like, you know what? Yeah, this is good enough for you, Alex. That's right. Just a couple sips. That's all it takes. <laughs> Yeah, perfect. I will I'll give it a try. And uh, if I seem to be hyper on social media that day, that's because of the coffee. But I'm always hyper. So yeah, so I can't blame the coffee. So there you have it. Another body with hobby. Thank you so much, Paige, for coming on and just sharing your love for coffee and your knowledge and your passion for it. If you guys want to learn more about Paige's passion, you should go check her out at her cafe. I do a coffee. I'll put the links down below so you can go check that out. If you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to show some support, completely optional, you don't need to, but I'd appreciate it. You know, it's there. I do have a Patreon. I can leave reviews and I also sell merchandise. It's all over the place on the internet. It's also down below. So it's a lot more easy to find. But what you do need to do is just pique your curiosity for coffee because it is a beautiful art. So once again, thank you so much, Paige. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Alex. Thanks for stepping outside of your comfort zone and <laughs> chatting with me about coffee. You did a great job. Thank you. Yes. Well, every zone is my comfort zone. I, I think after a hundred and some episodes, I'm comfortable with every hobby. I'm not, I wouldn't be awesome. good at all of them, but you know, I'd give them a try. Yeah. <laughs> so until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>